0: You don't need you don't need a formula bucket scheme or you don't need somebody to come and come to you to like to bring this opportunity to kids. You can create something right there. um, for them. It's just a matter of just like figuring out what do I want these kids to learn, what do I want these kids to learn, what do I want them to take away.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the PASS Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink and redesign our educational system. This is Annalise Corbin. Welcome to the next episode of Learning Unboxed. I am super excited today uh, to have as my guests a couple of folks that are going to talk to us about sort of informal education spaces. Uh, We're going to talk about the role of university programs and students actively engaging in student learning in an after-school setting. And so I am thrilled today to have with us Armando Henriquez and Dean Albert and um, they are going to spend some time chatting with us today. So welcome, gentlemen.
2: Thank you. Hello.
1: (laughs) So um, just as a bit of a brief introduction. So um, Armando um, is a fourth year undergrad in mechanical engineering at the Ohio State University. Very important if you are a Buckeye fan. Um, And he is a third year student participating in a program uh, or a team called the Formula Buckeyes. And in a moment, we'll get Armando to explain to us about what it means to be a Formula Buckeye, because if nothing else, it sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds pretty cool to me, too. He is also a former Metro Early College high school student, which is actually how I first met Armando years ago. And for me, it's a very special privilege to have Armando come back um, as a collegiate student, more importantly, as a mentor and teacher now to younger students. That's what we always want to see, and we're thrilled. When our students come back in that capacity, so Armando, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, um, also with us then is uh, Dean um, Alkire, and Dean is an eighth grader at the Metro Early College Little School. And Dean has been in a program called the Innovators Club, which many of you um, who listen repeatedly have heard me talk about the Innovators Club um, off and on on this series. Um, that is our after-school program. It is a industry R&D team, um, sort of camouflaged as an after-school program, which I always think is pretty cool. And, and Dean likes robotics, uh, programming, problem-solving, and being creative. He also may or may not want us to know that he kind of likes taking his piano lessons that he's also doing after school, but he's also participated in a number of the Formula Buckeye programs that have come to the Innovators Club. So welcome to it, Dean. Uh, Hello. (laughs) So I want to start with you, Armando, um, very quickly. So help us understand, first and foremost, what is the Formula Buckeyes?
0: Okay, so the Formula Buckeyes is a collegiate-level Formula One-style race team. And um, essentially, we get about eight to nine months to build, design, and test and validate the race car. And yes, the overarching umbrella question for our competition is, who can build the best package race car for the best performance, money, reliability?
1: That's, that seems um, almost like a movie script. <laughs> like, I mean, most folks wouldn't necessarily say, hey, I'm going to go off to college and oh, really cool, I'm going to be an engineer, which is awesome. But... Um, But I'm going to actually get to be part of this team that literally, really, truly builds race cars. So that's what you're doing. Yeah. And and your role in that team, you're the the mechanical lead, right? Is that correct? I have that correct?
0: Yeah. um, I'm mechanical lead,
1: engine lead. Engine lead. Right. So, wow. As an undergrad, that's amazing. It's. And, And so with all of that then, so the university here at Ohio State, but universities all over have a million different student teams of a variety of different sort of descriptions, ilks, functions, and structures within your local university system. But here at Ohio State, um, the university has done a really, really great job of actually um, having student programs or student-led teams or endeavors actually engage in the community, which is what brings the Formula Buckeyes to the past innovation lab, correct? Help us understand how that works from the university perspective.
0: From the university perspective, it's always a good thing to see. Like, they're growing students, regardless of whether they're engineers or not, um, give back to the community, and kind of help them learn and figure out, like, develop what they want to do later on, um, whether it's going to college or doing something else. Um, and so the way we work with the university with this is that through SAE in Ohio State, um, and I guess a little bit of background. ICE is the Society of, Auto- Society of Automotive Engineers. Okay, they're the ones that run our um, competitions. Um, they kind of help us. They give us a curriculum okay. that involves teaching younger students um, who want to like follow engineering or STEM um, STEM majors. Help them teach like early early topics that would that are like critical in their engineering studies. Like um, right now we're doing the gravity cruisers so we're teaching about um, gravity, dynamics, uh, inertia, rotations. So that's the way SAE helps us like get back to the community in Ohio State for allowing us to do this. So it's always a good thing, especially for us, that also in the form of Buckeyes, it's one thing that we get to learn and experience ourselves and build a car ourselves, but then all the knowledge we gain for doing that, we can take that back and even after competitions, then get that back to the community through volunteering and teaching younger students. This is what we've learned. This is what we're doing, and like this is potentially stuff that you could be doing as well.
1: Right. And one of the things that I always love about that, and again, you know, we've been working with the Formula Buckeyes for a couple of years now with the Innovators Club. And what I tell people all the time when we speak about near peer mentoring in particular, which is largely what this is, right? So, as an undergrad coming in and, and volunteering um, with other things, whether it be you know the Metrobots or any of the other robotics teams or the IC club, um, you know when you teach it, you know it. It changes your 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 sort of knowledge perception when you actually have to be responsible for making sure that Dean actually understands the physics. I Have a gravity car, right, Dean? So does does Armando know what he's talking about?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Dean. Let's dig in a little bit more. So, how about you tell me about the gravity car and what you've been doing with this project so far? And I know we were joking that yeah, it, mine runs okay or maybe not so great, and it varies from week to week. But so, tell us a little bit about the gravity car project.
2: Uh, well, uh. First, uh, we were shown a like a prototype, and then like uh, all of us kind of based our uh, ideas off of that, uh, but changed it up a little bit in ways w- which we think uh, might improve it a little bit.
1: So, what's what's been What's the premise then of the? The, the, the gravity car. I mean, so help our listeners who they can't see it. We'll post some stuff for them um, and we'll have some photos and some of those other things. But so, you know, when this is presented to you and your, your expected outcome, so, so what is it that you're trying to achieve with this from your perspective?
2: Uh, well, uh, I think I'm just like trying to achieve like, as you understand, like gravities and levers and stuff. Apparently, like the design, like a like design challenge uh, or something, is like to provide cars for people who do not have the money for like electric cars. Wasn't that it?
1: You could say that, yeah. So, so when you're participating, then and and one of the ways, just so that our listeners have some context, so in the Innovators Club, we have a number of different projects. Some of that are coming from teams like the Formula Buckeyes. Some that are coming from industry partners. I can't remember, Dean, if you were there yesterday, but we launched a new project yesterday around PSAs and so. But these different projects come to the Innovators Club, and then you spend X number of weeks working on those, and then you move on to other sets of projects. And so, one of the other projects that you also did via the Formula Buckeyes and this SEE curriculum, and we're going to circle back around on that a little bit, Armando, because we've had some experience with that in the past, and it's a really really cool program that is fairly accessible for folks to be able to get their hands on and try it in other settings. But you also, Dean, did hydrogen fuel cell cars, you did battery powered cars, and you did gliders. So tell me about the hydrogen fuel cell cars, because you were part of that group too. Uh,
2: I think that was in uh, sixth uh, sixth grade. Uh, well, uh, I, I barely remember it. Uh, <laughs> i remember thinking it was uh pretty cool uh one syringe uh like has water in it Mm -hmm. and then uh, another syringe uh has nothing in it basically uh put them together uh with a device and uh, uh water comes in uh and the air like it extrudes out of the other syringe,
1: and off that car goes Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty fast. I remember seeing them zooming across the atrium, right? Yeah. Racing a little bit. Yeah. Some some better than others. So so um, Armando, when you sit down as a team then and say, hey, we're we're headed back to the Innovators Club. We're how do you how do you decide which of the SAE curriculum or programs is a team that you're gonna bring here? What what does that look like internally for you guys?
0: internally um so they give us a few options but it's solely dependent on like what our age rate like what we're looking to provide for certain age ranges um so specifically for in type of age rates i think uh, six or eight mm-hmm. they give us the gravity cruiser as an option i think i remember that being the only option but i mean every single time we do one of these like it's always about like you know teaching these guys the design process mm-hmm. um, What's it like to actually like think through and go throughout the processes of the design process, um, iterations, what changes can it make to make the previous iteration better? Um, and things like that. So um, that's kind of from our end, because we like we've seen it, we've done it, and like, right. by now we've done that multiple times. It's like the goal, the goal for us now is just to make sure is like to grasp the big ideas that go into like a lot of like designing.
1: Mm-hmm. And so when you have the conversations with, with the students, so actually, you know, in this in the setting, so what are some of the things that you see? I mean, there are going to be some things that kids grasp really quickly, but there are going to be things that they struggle with, too. So I guess sort of both ends of that question, what what things are they picking up really quickly? And then where do you see the sort of struggle points?
0: Um, they pick up really quickly where they can get, like, really creative as far as, like, getting themselves away from, like, the base prototype we initially brought in. And so initially, right off the back they are looking at it. Okay, how can I make this my car? Mm-hmm. And so then from there, they start to figure okay, i like, I want to put this. I want to put this. And then from there, the hardware comes in. How do I incorporate that? Right. And then from there, that's where, like, we come in and we start helping them. say, like, hey, do this. Or, like, if you're following through and using this concept, we can make this work. It's out of this, right?
1: And so, Dean, when you started uh, the Gravity Car project, so what kind of modifications have you made? So, back to Armando's point, what, what did you do to make the Gravity Car yours as opposed to the Gravity Car that's one of the other students? So, what's different about yours?
2: Well, first off, I made it shorter in height. Uh, Why? Uh, just because. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: I also uh, put some traction on the wheels as okay. well, which later got removed because uh, it was not working properly. Okay which design process..: uh-huh.
1: as well. uh,
2: And then uh, I uh, also am uh, fidgeting around with uh, the placement of the lever and the uh, weight on the other end, uh, because it's currently not uh, going forward like I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's basically it. And I also had some support on it so that it stays because of the tower.
1: Okay. Because yeah. it's top-heavy, sort tips over, or would, maybe? Yeah,
2: there's a lot of tape on my design. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. Uh, we'll post some pictures of, uh, uh, of the Dean's design uh, as well. So when you... When you think about the modifications that you're gonna make, whether it's uh the gravity car or any of the other projects that you work on, Dean, do you do you consciously think about the fact that you're you're going through the design cycle and, and you're actually working towards modifications of working prototype, or is it pretty much second nature to you at this point?
2: Uh yeah, basically uh second nature. Uh, I just see a problem, and I'm just like, "Oh, how can I, uh, how can I fix it? How can I make this thing better?"
1: Do you, do you think that that's because you've you've done it the design cycle so many times, or do you think it's because you had a natural inclination, or do you think it's because you are in a STEM middle school or some all of that rolled together, and none of that at all?
2: Uh, I, uh, I actually think it's just because I've been doing it ever since I was uh, young and I've just continuously been repeating that over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. But it helps to have some context, I assume, right? So, you know, doing these different types of projects, so you try it in different sort of ways of thinking about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Armando, when you sort of think back to your experience, having been in the same STEM school that that Dean is in, what are the, whether it's a STEM school or not, but the reality is you, your experience as a high school student was fairly steeped in design thinking. So I would assume that that sort of really helped you when it came time to your engineering program in undergrad. So what is it that you draw from?
0: Uh, So I guess we can start back from, like, when I was uh, a student at Metro. I mean, from here, it's, like, very focused on, like, uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's something, like, I've always had a passion for. I like to be creative. I found engineering as, like, a pathway to be creative in my own way. And so from there, I was able to pick up robotics here um, Mm -hmm. and be a part of the Metrobots. And I did that for two years. And then, like, when I graduated, it's, like, I miss it. It's like, I miss that feeling. It's like, you know, I want to build something. But maybe it's perhaps like, you know, I take a break, give time, let me get my time back, and it's all paved the way for the newer members on the team as well. So I did that for about a year. And then I made sure, I wanted my first year in college to be like a good year. Didn't want to do anything about like the first freshman 15. Mm-hmm. I wanted to keep my grades up <laughs> and everything. So I did that. So I kind of like kept myself away from like extra regular activities. Yeah. And My second year came around. I was like, man, I really miss building something. I'm in the really risk getting hands on. I miss designing. And um, that's how I got started with the Formula Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Like, I initially found the program, loved it. And it, I mean, it helps. I had a fascination for the automotive industry and, and racing. So to see something that's like, I can be hands on. I can design something, put it on a car and see it work. It's like, almost oh, it was as if I was back on the robotics scene. Mm-hmm. Um, a
1: little larger scale.
0: Except a larger scale, yeah. Yeah. So and that's how I that's how got involved with in that. That's kind of what helped pave the way for me. Um, finding something that I could relate back to robotics and relate back to me, like using engineering as a way to be creative and um, be able to, like, to really test my skills in, in the actual environment and see what I can learn and see what I can do.
1: And um, automotive engineering or some description, do you think that's sort of where you're headed or some variation or you I, don't know yet? I think
0: so. I do have, I have a huge pass for the automotive industry. Um, as a third year, um, mechanical engineering student and fourth year being in Ohio state. Um, I've had an internship with Honda. I've worked in a manufacturing plant. I did a lot of fixture work and design work in that. So it's really cool. Like, like actually to get to be around all the cars and kind of like live part of my dream for a few months and even then i've worked in a transmission plane as well as an intern it's the, like actual like what goes inside the car know, I mean, this is, this is what makes cars like actually like change gears as part of their drivetrain. and then from my most previous experience as well as so, like i i recently got back from that internship at a uh, caterpillar and from there i was i was like very heavy in with um working with engines and um, that's what a lot of my work was based off on i did a lot of interview research and I was able to, like, mess around with some simulation, kind of see how that works. Um so I I mean I do think the automotive industry you know, is definitely like my path going forward, regardless of what I'll be end up doing. I personally have a passion for uh for engines. That's just me, I like to go fast and I like to see the way things
1: go fast. <laughs> and not an overachiever or anything. <laughs> not at all. So, so dean when you listen to Armando talk about all these experiences that he's he's had and you think about sort of your journey forward then are you intrigued by that what do you you think about the things that you hear when he's talking about that and we're going to bring it back around to the the projects that you're doing in IC. I promise but I'm really curious you're you're sitting next to you right five years out I mean look at look at Armando yeah I mean yeah
2: I mean, I I kind of keep what he says like in the back of my head, like in case I ever like want to get a career because right now I really do not know what I want to do.
1: You don't need to know right now. Yeah. Yeah. But when you think about, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, Armando was going through stuff. I know folks who go all the way through college and don't do that many internships, right? That's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, It's a lot of stuff. So when you are in I see and the formula Buckeyes come talk to me a little bit about the glider project that you guys did because I really am hopeful that one of the takeaways is that teachers or folks doing after school programs will hear about the fact that these amazing programs and these curriculum because the SAE curriculum is out there it's available into some extent some limited forms but you can get your hands on a lot of it and even if you don't get something that that's that was sort of well laid out. The reality is there's a lot of stuff that folks could do in after school that's really engaging for students. So tell us a little bit about the Glider Project, uh, Dean.
2: I think that was uh, pretty fun. Uh, uh, we got to learn all about like how planes work uh, and aerodynamics. Uh, we messed around with uh, like rudders and uh, the the way the, like, way the uh, tail was pointing and uh, the wings, like where they are positioned and everything, uh, what, what shape the wing should be. And uh, most importantly, the uh, weight on the tip of the nose, which was a big part and I know, I, I should know.
1: And why but, is that important?
2: Uh, because uh, too much, uh, your plane just plummets to the ground, too little, and uh, it's out of control uh yeah I have had a lot I had a lot of experience with uh that uh gave me a lot of trouble
1: <laughs> flying around inside well, and so you actually i mean I'm making some assumptions here, but you know you were also around for uh, a a number of different summer programs too and I actually saw you flying drones, I believe. I think that was this summer I saw you flying drones around the atrium. Did, did anything that you learned from gliders from that project help you when it came time to fly something else?
2: Uh, sort of, when it comes to, like, uh, navigating and everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, like, trying not to hit other uh, drones. Uh but we we mainly like uh controlled it with mm-hmm. uh, our uh iPads and uh trying to like land everything, which that's all that also applies to the plane thing as well, where we try to uh, land it on a specific thing at one one point. So
1: yeah, absolutely. So so Armando when you th- sort of think about the opportunities as it relates to the things that you could do in these kind of after school studies and watching the other students from OSU that are with you. I mean, the majority of the team that you have with, they, they, they were here for years, right? Yeah. So sort of what's the feedback loop internally like amongst the team? As it relates to the conversations about coming and doing after school program, whether it be here or someplace else, I'm just really curious if it's like, ah, this is drudgery, or no, this is a really cool thing and we're getting something out of it, or maybe someplace in between.
0: A lot of the members actually really enjoy, uh, even when that's their first time coming out, especially like when we're building, like that we're actually like, basically like helping the kids and walking through their processes. It's like they really enjoy that because then it's like, oh, I know that. Mm-hmm. I get to, Like I learned that like way back when, and then I get to actually teach this like about it I and mean, they find it really rewarding. It's and it's very rewarding because like you're passing on with knowledge that hopefully they'll use end up they'll end up using someday So the type of feedback we get that's like they enjoy it. And then some of us enjoy working with like younger mm-hmm. students as well. Um we find it thrilling and sometimes it's also very funny because then we get to see back, oh, we were here we like this at one point as well. It's it's very uh nostalgic for a lot of us. And like we the feedback we get like from volunteers that they enjoy it and something and they always try and figure out like when can I come back?
1: Right. And one of the other things, and you know, engineers in particular get a bad rap. You know, we 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 laugh about it a little bit. Um, but the reality is sometimes engineers get a bad rap about not being very good people people, right? Right. And that, you know, one of the things that I love about you guys coming here, and and it may just partially be that the folks on the team that are willing to come are more, more open to that. Right. But I mean, I even see it, for example, with, well, we've had some pretty... I don't know exactly what the right word here is to choose in this case, but some pretty well-regarded engineers doing crazy, wicked research in their own. Who come, for example, and mentor like with the teams, and we've got a bunch of different robotics teams, not just the Metrobots, who who are based here. And you know, some of those folks—it's a stretch. It's a stretch to have a conversation, and but. But I love the fact that the the team is here, and you guys are actually engaging in multiple ways. And you know, my take on it, sort of, you know, the outside looking in, is that you guys will be great engineers who can explain what you're doing to the public because you participated in these opportunities as you were learning your craft.
0: Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with
1: that. Yeah. So um, when you think about then, sort of like the next things that you would like to learn not having any clue whatsoever, Dean, and what's in the catalog of SE, SAE programs. There's a lot of them, actually. There's a lot of cool stuff in that. Well, what, what would you like these guys to come and teach you?
2: Uh, I currently like these stuff. Uh, they're uh, showing us now where we like to get to make our own thing while also learning a little bit about everything at, at the same time. Uh, I really like those projects because it's hand on hands on and i like hands on i also like uh techno- uh like technology involved uh projects mm-hmm. uh i think those are pretty fun uh so i'd like to see uh maybe some of those uh uh, but, uh yeah uh, i really, i i really like uh the uh what they're doing right now
1: that's great and so armando when you think about sort of the the opportunities that are are possible with these types of club environments, do you see, or would you recommend? other groups going out and doing similar things. And I guess the reason I'm asking the question is that, you know, on the flip side, our listeners can come from all over um, and they do um, from all around the world. And um, some of the, the questions that I get after the fact on some of the episodes is: well, I can't imagine doing that in my town or I can't, we don't have a formula Buckeye team or we don't have a big university. Um, how, how could you, as a participant in sort of leading those endeavors, help folks figure out how could I bring things like that back into either an after-school setting or even into a classroom? You know, teachers is just like, hey, I'm in a little town. We don't, we don't have a science museum, we, you know, but we have all these business and industry folks. I mean, what would your recommendation be about how you can sort of get other entities to actively engage with you in the teaching that you're doing for your students because I know over the years you you saw any number of examples of how that that works so I mean for folks that are struggling with figuring out how do I pull something together what, what would your recommendation be because you've been on both sides of this equation now
0: yeah I guess for one I definitely would start getting in contact with like some of the companies that are in like my local town or like around me and see like um, what can they do to kind of like help provide these experience for kids? Because um, for one, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to get involved with. And I know companies are always looking for ways like, to get involved in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I always try for. And two it's like, if they can't get involved with some of the business here, then um, perhaps maybe if you're, if you're very eager to like have like some program for these type of kids in your, your local town, um, Maybe it's, like, take some time, think about, okay, what would I like to teach these guys um, with the resources I have available? You don't need need a formula about guys' team, or you don't need somebody to come and come to you to, like, bring this opportunity to kids. You can create something right there um, for them. It's just a matter of just, like, figuring out what do I want these kids to learn, what do I want these kids to learn, what do I want them to take away? And I know that's something teachers always think about, like, when they have their classrooms, like, what, what's the most important thing I want these kids to take away? i say, like, in math or history or English, but for opportunities like these, it's just a matter of figuring out what, do I, what, do I want, what, what technology I want to pass out and how can I make it fun and how can I teach them everything I would need them to know for them to grasp this.
1: Yeah, and oftentimes one of the things that I hear schools say, and I talk about what this um, a lot, because it's a real it's a real concern. is how can I bring something like this in when I've got all this other stuff that i I need to teach, right? I have these these set of outcomes, whether they be state or school or local requirements. But the reality is, you know we've got all these standards, this stuff that we have this obligation for the deans of the world, right, to leave middle school or ultimately to leave high school having learned. And so, you know, one of the struggles lots of folks have is how do I take all that stuff that I have an expectation uh, to teach and then add this other stuff in? And my response to that is always don't add it in. Figure out what that expert, that Armando, who's coming in to you, right? He can do a project on gravity cars and gravity cars meets all the following sets of standards that I as the math teacher or I as a science teacher or whatever, right, have to teach, And I swap that out. I toss those other things and I put this in instead. And and I work with my local expert to make it relevant to my kiddos. And it's doable when I think about it that way. But sometimes it's um, easier said than done to try to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dean, one of the things that I always like to do on this program as we wrap up is, is I always like to sort of leave with. A thing that a teacher, a parent, another kiddo in another community could say, I can do that if. And so, my question to you is if you could change something about the way the interaction with, in this case, the formula Buckeyes or any of the other programs that come in here, what, what would you, what would you change? What would you tell a teacher or an after-school person? Hey, you're going to do a cool program, but you should remember X, Y, or Z. You know what I'm asking?
2: Uh, yeah. And, uh, 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 usually, uh, stuff that is interactive, mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, is uh, pretty fun and I also like uh, I would also suggest uh, projects where uh, the kids have to kind of figure it out on their own which I think is the best way for them to learn.
1: Excellent excellent and you agree with that Armando yeah, shaking his head. How about you Armando as we, as we get ready to wrap up what's your, what, what's your big giant sort of gift back to folks thinking about doing things like this? What would you, what would you say?
0: Uh, so, folks that would plan to like to do something similar to this, I would just say make sure you're having fun. Um, it's one thing to like be able to teach them, but be able to teach them and have fun and like take this like a moment of away from stress, from like your daily life or your work. Just relax, have fun. Because um, when you're having fun, it doesn't feel like work, it, everything comes back to you much easier, and you're able to like really like transfer knowledge between you to somebody else much easier
1: that's for sure I, I live that every day have fun uh, people people are always asking me what is it is that you do here and I say well, we play all day great takeaway so thank you gentlemen for uh, taking a little time and sharing about uh, your experience with the gravity car and the Formula Buckeyes at the Pass Innovators Club so thanks for being with me today
2: you for having me oh, thank you
1: thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed a conversation about teaching learning and the future of work I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.